You are listening to Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. I am your host, Michelle. Good evening, and welcome back to Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. I am doing this episode, episode nine, solo. Um, if you didn't hear, um, we, my, myself and Rashida, my co-host, did make an announcement that um, we will be taping now on Tuesdays. So please join us on Tuesdays. And... Um, get the next episode so we're at episode nine let me tell you I am actually outside um, doing this podcast and have a few a little audience and um, so we're just going to try to move right along Um, this episode is water storage during disasters so you know we are in within the series that we're doing on water and the significance of water in disasters and again this is about storage now so far in the series we have discussed the as, as I said the importance of water and I hope that we have impressed upon listeners its significance we discussed the calculation process um, just to go over or, or go back on what we've discussed so far for those of you who have not yet gone back and gone uh, reviewed your episodes we've discussed the calculation process in terms of uh, how much water is needed for your household we've discussed purification and purification methods and that brings us to the important issue of storage water storage so that's what we'll get into tonight let's delve into it um i think we we mentioned this in episode again i don't have rashida so she helps me with kind of going back in history but I think it was episode six or seven that we recommended the calculation for water in an emergency and that it's one gallon of water per person per 30 days and that it's for drinking cooking and your overall sanitation needs now as we mentioned time and time again um, you'll hear this throughout the podcast Hurricane Katrina was a lesson that was well taught The city did not get back on the grid for several weeks after the flood. The residents or the survivors were wholly dependent upon government, local, federal, and otherwise. They were just a state. They were wholly dependent on what what kind of relief the government would offer. And if you can, can you remember just the line of people that lined up to get water? I don't know if we can remember that, but it was just like lines coming of, of people in droves just waiting to get water from the, uh, the trucks that came. And that's the same thing that happened in Haiti, actually. Um, if we can remember, I think that was the earthquake in 2010. Um, and I don't know if Haiti has fully recovered yet, but um, people were lining up for water. Um, again, in Flint, Michigan, you know, with the lead pipe contamination that happened in 2016. We're like three years past that now. And I think they are still trying to upgrade and replace the lead pipes in Flint, Michigan. 
So, you know, this, this water issue is key. And I don't know how, I, I just hope that I drive home the importance of what water means in a survival scenario. In the past episode, uh, we, we told you or we suggested you have an emergency kit or a B.O.B. bag in your automobile. So as we talk about water storage, in, especially in an urban landscape, and specifically in an urban landscape, if you, you know, you can rely on water stored like in your trunk, like you could keep some, you know, again, in your emergency kit, you can have water in that kit or you can put it like kind of under uh there's a level that's under the trunk so if you don't want to worry about you know um um, heat temperature you can try to store it in there um another part of the storage aspect is evacuation now One would hope that after 30 days, people will be on the grid again in any type of emergency uh, situation. And you would hope within those 30 days that an emergency responder um, or assistance would, would come, at least after 30 days. But if you use up your water supply prior to any aid or relief, plan to evacuate and implement a plan to find water, especially if you're in an urban landscape. Now by evacuation, I mean evacuating in search of a water source. You want to plan your route. So you can look for storage sources for your water, like um, to, to keep your water in. You can look for like along the way, if you're evacuating and you're walking and what have you, if you don't have empty bottles or if you don't have any kind of storage um, uh, containers in your B.O.B., in your emergency kit, then, you know, while you're evacuating or going down the route, be sure to kind of look and see what things you can pick up to store your water in should you find it. Um, And then as you're doing that, you want to check along your route Along the way, you want to check for um, faucets at vacant houses or like maybe some damaged office buildings. Remember, you know, they have water too. So if they're evacuated or it's along your route for looking for water, you want to see if there's some outside faucets that can be used or, you know, what you can find around damaged office buildings. If you're allowed to or able to get into any of the abandoned homes. Now, don't do this illegally. Don't do it if people are present. That would be breaking and entering. But if, you're, if they're abandoned, again, really, if they're abandoned homes or buildings, remember that water can be stored in many places. So if you go in, um, I think we spoke about this in another episode as well, like you could go in and look for those places of storage that are in homes or buildings. And that would be like your toilet, tanks, um, your hot water heaters. Of course, you could go to your the regular places like the sinks and, and what have you. And, um, you know, get your water, store it your container and fill it up with whatever water you, whatever water you can. Um, 
churches, schools, malls, all of these, these are things to consider or places to consider. They may have their doors open and shelters. And um, so consider that. And for any, but let me just, as one caveat, let me just say this. For any churches or schools or businesses who need help with establishing an operating plan or disaster assessment plan, please contact Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Um, we should have our website up again soon, uh, but otherwise you can email us at aftermathllc at gmail.com. We create customized operating plans as well as perform like disaster assessments in organizations and homes to help with your current level of emergency readiness. Um, you know, I also, I always cite Hurricane Katrina. You'll hear me kind of come back to that a lot. And let me tell you, that's because it was so impactful for me. Um, but when you really think about it in this whole, as we speak about water and water storage and, you know, having a plan, it appears that no one had a plan necessarily of those of the survivors. There was just no plan. There was no community plan or urban plan that was put in place for that disaster. So largely everyone ended up just going to the Superdome and uh, we saw what that looked like. So getting into, you know, officials and municipalities, not allowing refugees in their cities and stopping people from seeking a haven across county lines. That's a whole nother topic that we can get on because that took place. And that's a possibility as well for many people or urban communities. So you, you may you know, go and try to find a route, which is what I'm really advising you do. When I say evacuation, you want to go along a route to, to look for water and water supplies. But, um, you know, it's a possibility that you may be stopped at a county line, at a, at a you know, somewhere saying, you know, you can't go into this community. So... You know, just kind of be mindful of that. And listeners, I have been joined by um, my co-host, Rashida. Welcome, Rashida. Hey, Ready or Not family, how are you today? I hope everyone is doing well. And now we have our uh, Rashida on the line, and we're going to kind of get back. Rashida, I was just kind of discussing, of course, strategy in terms of uh, storage. And um, I was just kind of talking about Hurricane Katrina and some of the other things. Again, I did say I was outside, so I want to just kind of be uh, upfront. There are a lot of huge bumblebees out here. So. <laughs> I'm glad we're seeing some bees. <laughs> I am. I mean, it's a beautiful thing because they say it's a shortage. There's no shortage on the rooftop. Just understand that. So if you hear me get a little squeamish, that's because of we understand. Okay, thank you. And you can keep going um, in the conversation, in the conversation. But if you hear me sing like I just did, that's because a bumblebee has visited me. I'm sorry. But um, we were just 
listeners, and I, I am telling you listeners, remember, water needs to be stored because you will need a supply of safe water. So if a disaster happens and the water is paused or you can't get to water, the biggest thing you're, you're looking for is safe water. And by that, I mean what we discussed in the last episode, no contaminants, no bacteria, no pathogens. You want safe water. And you want this because you never know what the outcome or length of a disaster or emergency may be. So you want to have stored water. Um, Rashida, can you yeah. get into the containers? Yeah, let's jump right into it. So, you know, a lot with water, we can't just carry it idle. We have to put it in something, right? So we're going to jump into containers. And, you know, water can be stored in several ways, um, in different kind of ways and for different scenarios. So let's get into actual containers, storage containers for water. So containers, which are usually plastic, you want to make sure it is stored in UV-resistant and BPA-free containers. You know, a lot of things right now are BPA-free, so it's really not hard to find BPA-friendly things. BPA-free so um, uh-huh. things. And UV resistant, we did speak about that, and that is ultraviolet uh, resistant in terms of temperature and radiation or ultraviolet rays. Yep, so um, you want to store as much water as you can in the containers. You know, like if we go back a little bit in episode eight, we challenged our listeners to a water drill, if y'all remember. Um, we, uh, let me, let me yeah, because I, I missed that episode, but I did <laughs> hear about the water drill. I took the water challenge. And um, I, I do want to tell everyone that expect this. Gallons of water can be used in no time. So even if even though I had, like, stored, you know, gallons, and I probably had about six six gallons stored and then some, some heavier ones, like two and a half gallons, mm-hmm. when you really start using this water, because you got to use it to wash your teeth, you got to brush your teeth, I'm sorry, to wash your hands, you got you have to use it. You need to drink the water. And even when you don't use, like, your toilet, it, there's a way of kind of flushing, but you have to have water, like a bu- buckets of water to do it in an efficient manner. So right. it, over, all in all, and I hope many of you did try the, the challenge, and if not, we're not going to give you a challenge tonight. Um, we just challenge you to continue this challenge. Um but you will find that it does require strategy. It requires a lot of strategy to live without water. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, so that's my task then for this upcoming week. I will be doing the water challenge. Because, yes. you know, most preppers and survivalists, survivalists, I'm sorry, recommend water storage barrels or drums which hold 55 gallons and up. That's yeah. a lot of water. Yeah. That and is a lot of water. You. Yeah. I, I think I went through like in a day. I think I went through the, I know I went through at least five gallons. And I can see why. Because if you're brushing your teeth in the water, you don't yeah. want to use that same water to rinse your mouth out. You want yeah. a different type of, you know, you want some clean water. So exactly. we, we don't really see how much water we really use on a daily basis you, until you it's it, rationed. You take it for granted. Because yeah. you're brushing your teeth and you're just letting it flow out of the faucet but you can't do that like you're literally pouring water on your uh, toothbrush but you don't want to pour too much and then you got to rinse your mouth with mm-hmm. water and you know now like even washing your face like that requires a lot of water and before you 
before you know it, you're, you're out of you're out of water. Yep. Yeah. So I know I mentioned a lot about um barrels. So you know water storage barrels. They're usually the color blue, yeah. and they're bluer because they're blue <laughs> because. Blue or light, like the color plastic or the color container of blue, it limits light exposure, bacteria, fungi, algae, and things of that nature. Yeah. So it's it's a helpful tool to have the blue because that eliminates some things that will get into your water to contaminate it. Yeah, that color blue um, actually just is helpful. And actually, when you look at the water barrels, should you look them up or the water drums, You'll see they're they're usually blue drums. Mm-hmm. And yellow is usually for like diesel fuel. Then you have red, and that's usually for like gas. And then you have like a purple color, like radiation, and so on and so on. They have a lot yes. of colors. It's color coded. Everything means blue. something different. Yeah, industrial containers, and I think that's why they do the blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, or that's why we know. In terms of preppers, you know that those water barrels will be in blue because it tells you it's kind of food friendly or it's you know it's you it's not flammable. Right. But when like you said, the colors yeah. you gave for industrial um, containers, they usually come yeah. in some kind of color code. So and you know when you're out and you see like when you go to the gas station, you see that big yellow thing, then you know you know that you, you use that black hose at the gas station. Yeah. You see that yellow thing that says, you know, it's diesel. It's diesel. like a yellow sticker. Mm-hmm. So they do containers like that as well. They color code it. Yep. Yep. So, so you know, water is, is heavy, of course. Like, we're talking about having the water, but also we're talking about taking it when we need it or, yeah. you know, toting it different places or with us, you know, as we go. So um, you can't take water barrels with you, obviously, because that's very, very heavy. And, it's gonna be too heavy. But if you have to, well, you can't take water barrels if you have to evacuate. So right. they have different size containers that are sold. Yeah. So, so Michelle, do they have sure. like a small enough container for us to put in our bags if need be? Or are they small enough to have like an actual, just a bag full of just water? Well, that's where your strategy comes in. That's when your strategy comes in, you have to figure out for you, like, what kind of empty bottle. You might have a Coke bottle. Well, we don't, I don't drink Coke, but you might have a soda bottle or you might have um, one of those flasks. Like, you you have to kind of figure out what your situation is. Yeah, or a water jug. Some, we can, do have yeah, gallon like water, water jugs. Jug. Yeah. I mean, you, and that's why we said in our other challenge, you have to prepare yourself physically for the task of disasters because, right, if you need a water jug, how many jugs are you going to carry? How right. many jugs are you able to carry? But you need to kind of get that with you if you evacuate. You need to figure out what kind of containers you're going to use. And that's up to you at your own discretion. Um, again, you can use soda bottles. You can use, like you said, a water jug if you choose to, if you feel like you can carry it. Right. It's kind of up to your own discretion, but make sure you have, you know, empty containers so that if you come by water, you have somewhere to put the water or a place to put the water in. Right. So if our listeners, like if you decide, say, okay, I'm going to get me a water barrel or a drum, you know, you need a specific tools in order to access that water. And one of the tools is a wrench. The wrench will help you open the barrel or the drum to access the water when needed. 
Yeah, because when you do the research and you look at look for these barrels of drums, they're just like seamless, big, huge, seamless plastic mm-hmm. barrels. And it doesn't have like a siphon, like a place to siphon the water. It doesn't have a spigot. It doesn't have, like, you know, the, a spigot. By that, I mean, like, the little faucet thing. It doesn't have that. So it's just like a container. And, like, you know, you can pull the top off. And you have to actually pull have something the water. to get that water out. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so when you get the water out the drummer shell, um, is the nozzle relatively small or is the nozzle relatively big? Because I'm thinking, that's, like, one other tool. It doesn't, come, it doesn't have a nozzle mm. in most cases. So that's why you have something, like, to, to kind of siphon out the water you need. They have accessories. Right. So you can buy, like, something to siphon the water out or what have you. Or you can get a ladle, a ladle like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's a, what I was going to add. Like, yeah. another tool would be a ladle. Yeah, exactly. To get the water out. But another FYI, um, you know, water barrels, they should be placed on top of wood board or cardboard so that odors and chemicals don't lead in. Right, right. Because you don't want to contaminate water that's already decontaminated. Yeah, and then you're in these plastic containers, so there's chemicals in your pavement or there's chemicals in your garage from gas stains and oil stains, so you don't want to sit it just on the floor, on the ground, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you want to put it on some type of platform. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so we were talking about containers. And um, if anybody has any questions regarding the containers and where to get the barrels, how to use the barrels, different bottles and things, definitely send, drop a comment below and let's talk about different ways we can store our water that's beneficial for us because everybody has a different living arrangement. Exactly. With containers... Um, so we, we just spoke about the water barrels, but another thing that's efficient and really good to use is glass. Glass is perfect for collecting like your rainwater. Um, I spoke last episode about SOTUS, that method, which is solar disinfection through using the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can, it's good to collect your water. I'm sorry, to have your water in that for ultraviolet treatment, have it in glass. Um, it's clear. Um, glass is not biodegradable. Um, right. Chemi- yeah, you know, like most chemicals from plastic are not an issue. Like, well, no, ugh, it's not an issue that you would have if you had a plastic container worrying about what chemicals can get into your plastic containers. You don't have to worry about that with glass. Right. So that's, that's not an issue. Gases can't get into glass. Um, not, nothing really much penetrates glass containers. Right. And again... Depending on if you have to shelter in or if you have to be on the go, you will make that determination on what type of um, containers you will store your water in. And that brings me into water bricks. Um, So water bricks, they actually hold 1.5 to 3.5 gallons of water. Um, And basically water bricks hold spring water containers with a spigot. How do you say it? A spigot. So a spigot basically is a faucet. We was just trying to get fancy, but it's basically a faucet. Um, yeah. So the container has an actual spout or like a faucet where you could just push the button and the water could come comes out. And the yeah. water bricks, um, they are the concept is to stack them. And mm-hmm. so you can like say if you have a closet or you have a pantry or 
anywhere in your house that's the walls and are clear where you can actually stack items or water bricks or something that you can easily stack go yeah. to it every time you need it hit the button on the faucet and you get your water that you need exactly exactly yeah yep. and then you can uh, as other containers, I think we've already spoken about, like you can use soda bottles. Yeah, Again, the bottles. Anything that's clean that you can kind of preserve your water in. You can use you pots can... and pans. Yeah. Especially exactly. for sheltering in. Like if you're in the house, your pots and pans become your water storage container. It becomes your water storage container. Because um, I mean, <laughs> we're not cooking, cooking. Especially if all the, you no, know, electricity and stuff is up. We're trying to survive, so those pots are useful. the number one element for survival. So, yeah, so you can um, use uh, stainless steel. Yep, stainless steel. Um, but but one thing, I know we're talking about using a lot of things that are always already in our homes, but I just want to plug in that you should not use milk jugs for water storage. Right, exactly. And the reason why, milk jugs are biodegradable, and they will break down over time. Also, any live cultures in the milk that remain in your jug can make you ill and anybody that's drinking it. And it's hard to store drinking and cooking water with water that's already contaminated. Yeah, and then you don't want to even take a chance of all of that residue, leftover residue from milk. Yep. Because you can get botulism and you have that, you know... And those organisms are living because now they have another source of life, which is the water. So, I mean, you can never really decontaminate that. You can never really clean a a milk jug. Yeah. Why do it? The worst thing in the world would be to be in a disaster and get sick and Mm -hmm. have botulism or food, you know, or poisoning. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so basically having a, or, you know, like, so we're talking about different things that you can use, and we we plug all of this back to our own living, right? So it's yeah. always good to have an urban disaster plan, and when we say urban, we mean our communities, like the communities that we live in that are apartment complexes, that are um, row homes, that are townhouses, just in areas where those you, tools that we that others may have the access to and we don't, we categorize that as like urban living and urban disaster planning is something that we really have to have and it's crucial to everybody's survival. Yeah, I think you have to, I mean, the, the, the key point in urban um, survival or urban planning for disaster is a lot of things are not here. Like when you're talking about um, disaster preparedness and evacuating, like the suburbs and out there, like they have water and they have lakes and there are rivers. That's not in the city. Right. We you have know, concrete. So the city takes <laughs> concrete, exactly. So the city takes on its own kind of specialty in terms of planning. Like you have to be self-reliant. And we've seen that play out time and time again. You have to plan this because it's like it's not like you're just going to go you know, next door, and there's a, a beautiful, pure stream or mm-hmm. river flowing. Or it's no. a food bank around the corner where you can just go and get any canned goods or that you need. We don't, we don't have that. Yeah. So planning is absolutely crucial. Like it's, it's, it's life or death. And we know water and food is the basic, basic necessities. I say this. I say now is the time to start considering and putting into place where and how to find food 
water, and any of the basic necessities that we need in the, in the community, especially in urban areas. Yep. It's strategy. You know, you just, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta begin the research. You have to start, do some surveying. You gotta figure out where you're gonna go. You gotta, you gotta figure out what your route will be. Should you have to leave? You right. have to figure out where am I gonna go to find a water source? Right. You know, what's the closest one near me? Like, what's the closest one near you? Right, well, across across the street. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, but you've already done, done your recon. Right. You've already done your and again my my area is more of a suburban area so it i have different resources then if i were to go back home in the city i don't have those resources huh Where would that's what i'm saying i'm not I, I couldn't even tell you so i would have that that's where that comes in play to have it already in my home correct and that's why the planning starts today All right, now, so we're jumping into the um, Ready or Not segment of the night where we talk about hot topics and current events that are going on as we speak. Yes. Well, let me just say this. We, this week, we've seen, well, not even this week. In, the fa- in, the in a couple weeks, days. Yeah, in the week. Even beyond that, it's been like a few weeks that we've seen tornadoes, like, all over, especially in the, um, in the uh, southern part of the United States, the Midwest and the Northeast. I mean, it's just been kind of striking one after the other. But tornado season is usually from March to June. So we're in the, the range, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that means we need to be prepared. Um, they estimate that 118 million people are at risk or were at risk um, in the last few weeks of upcoming, I'm sorry, of severe water outbreaks. So... And it's more posts to come, so you want to just kind of be mindful when you're traveling, if you have any outdoor plans. I know Easter is coming for a lot of people, but there are tornado warnings and advisories pretty much in effect because we're in that season. So just, you know, you just kind of want to be mindful of the devastation that these things can take, Um, especially tornadoes. Again, we're in that season. Um, And out of tornadoes come you know, twisters, want to be mindful of that. And to also let you know that tornadoes usually happen at night. Um, it's usually like those night thunderstorms or nocturnal thunderstorms. With, they, they come with high winds. So just be mindful that tornadoes kind of come out of that kind of situation. And um, it puts people at risk that are asleep. Through the, Sometimes you don't get those warnings and sometimes you don't hear... Um, you know, that the dangerous storms are coming. So just kind of be mindful right about now with this risk up that you are or we are in tornado um, season and we want to be prepared. Yes, ma'am. So I know all of my, all of our listeners remember when we first did our first challenge on our walking challenge, where we were challenging everybody to walk a mile or two, whether it was on a treadmill or on actual um, outside on concrete or grass or terrain, whatever the, you know, wherever you live in. 
But we want to give an update on that. So we want just want to know how has everybody been doing with their walking challenge? Has it been difficult? Has it been easy? Are you able to bump up your miles? Uh, the biggest question, have you done it? Oh, have you actually done it? Be honest. <laughs> be honest. Right. Let us know if you've done it. Um, and also, we're going to talk about our second challenge, which was uh, the water challenge. I know we talked about it a little bit in the beginning. But we just want to encourage everybody to still try the water challenge where you ration your water for the, is it the week, Michelle, or the day? Uh-uh. We're only doing a day. It's a water oh, drill. okay. Just a water drill and just stop, cease your water, pretend it's an emergency, has, I'm sorry, a disaster has taken place. And what would you do right now? Like, make it a very real drill for yourself and see how you would manage without water. Yep, and yeah, do that for yourself. Um, I say I, I personally would say practice with it with yourself and see how you do and then involve your family members in it as well. I am, I got you. I'm gonna do my challenge. I'm gonna do this challenge and I will update everybody on how it's going on our next episode next Tuesday. And We're going to ease the baby on in, but that's definitely with the walking challenge. Um, it's definitely been good. And I know they got a couple of apps out now that'll tell you, you know, how much water you lose during that walking or how much calories you burn and things like that. So you can kill two birds with one stone and get all that information while you're exercising. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we've done it again. Another episode for the book. Another And remember, like we always say, comment, like, share, subscribe. Um, we should be having some YouTube content for you guys soon, so stay tuned. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, we have a, um, a ready or not preference uh, group on Facebook. Oh, yeah, like, oh, yes, we sure do. We sure do. Go on Facebook and like us now. Exactly. And join the group because we're putting more information. Just kind of like if you're really into prepping, we'll be putting more helpful hints. Just really kind of having discourse, going back and forth and really talking to each other. And maybe out of that, cultivating some plans for the community or for your community. Mm-hmm. And just having some, you know, direct talks about prepping and being, being prepared for disasters. Yep, yep, yep. So thank you all again. For everybody that's been tuning in and all our new people that are listening right now, be sure to listen back to all our episodes from the beginning up till now. And again, hit us up with any comments and any questions. We can answer them live on the air. Um, All right, Michelle, let's say what we say every night. We're not here to scare you. We are here to prepare you. (laughs) Thank y'all. Have a wonderful night.